Well, hello there. It's a weekend update. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Nang, going for my first sip of coffee, but I, I'll let you talk while I'm taking that sip. You and I'm... I have been talking about this uh, Trans Day of Vengeance, and it was, I guess, staged or planned to be staged in front of the U.S. Supreme Court building. Uh, and we yeah. kept saying, why, why haven't they pulled the permit? Why haven't they pulled the permit? They're talking about violence. Well, yesterday... Somebody either pulled the permit or somebody uh, rethought it and thought, well, maybe that's not a good idea, and they canceled it, at least the uh, the demonstration in front of the Supreme Court. Do you think it's going to end that easy? No. I think there are other demonstrations planned for different parts of the country. What I'm afraid of, though, is that everything we're seeing right now is a planned distraction. Yeah, that something much more major is lurking on the horizon. And I got a piece of audio here that I'm going to play in a few minutes that should scare everybody that is listening to this uh, this podcast, because it, it I'll just say that it's it's from Vladimir Putin himself. And uh, it got no publicity in this country because they have a storyline there. They're following here in the U.S. And uh, the truth be damned, if you know what I mean. Right. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Also, um, uh, other things that are, are happening. Uh, President Trump, you know, the indictment, that phony indictment, the more you, you read about it, I say read about it, they haven't released it yet. But the more you hear about what is probably in it, the more you realize this is nothing more than uh, election interference on the part of the Democrats and Alvin Bragg, you know. Well, in particular. you know, let's look back at Bragg. I mean, he uh, he got money. He was uh, he, he's a Soros appointee, and the, and Soros is going on oh, taking this all wrong. He got a million damn dollars, and to me, yeah, a person of Soros background should not be making campaign contributions to either side of the aisle. How uh, should that, any Bill? How should anybody who uh, is running for office for a job that maybe pays one hundred and eighty thousand or two hundred thousand a year salary? How should they be allowed to accept a million dollars in campaign donations? Well, right, you know. So is that is that like in radio what we call pay for play? Absolutely, it's payola, but it's at yeah. It's, so he's 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 fulfilling his obligation to Mister Soros. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, to me, you know, takes this whole case and throws it out. But, you know, let's look at the case. So there, there's 34 counts. Right. And one of them is a felony. Actually, no, it's not a felony because there, the, none of the money was paid out of campaign funds. It came from a private business thing. There was nothing that had to be reported, nothing that had to be said. But they're saying that it was um, business fraud and all kinds of different fraud like that. It is a big cake of nothing. Let me, ask you, let me ask you a question. If, if the Congress sent Bill Knight uh, an order, I say, to come down and speak in front of them, would you have the option to uh, reject it, to not go, to throw it, throw it in the basket, to ignore it? Well... I don't know all the legal ins and outs, but I would believe that I have to be there. Yeah. I, if I'm told I got to be somewhere, I go to my attorney. What do I do? 
Uh, we can put it off for a little while, but you're going to have to do it. I'm pretty sure that's what I'd well, hear. Well, Bragg essentially thumbed his nose at uh, Jim Jordan and the uh, other House Republicans who uh, wanted him to come down and testify in front of them. I guess they're going to be more forceful in their next batch of uh, of invitations. You know, it's like it probably will be a you subpoena. You know, he used federal dollars. Yeah, I saw that. To have go after uh, Trump. Now they're saying, "Oh, it's only like five thousand dollars." Yeah, I don't care if it's ten bucks for a cup of coffee. <laughs> I agree. 100%. You know, who approved that? Yep, I agree. Who is it? Did. You know, was it uh, the DNC? Oh, yeah, go ahead and do that. Was it Joe? Now, I will give Joe Biden credit. Mm -hmm. He probably said the smartest thing that he ever did when asked about, you know, what's going on with Donald Trump. And he goes, I have no comment on this. Yeah, but what he should have said as president of the United States is that regardless of party, regardless of our views towards each other, What's happening in New York is wrong, is what he should well, he have said. he can't do that, because if he said that, because we know in our heart of hearts that he has everything to do with this. Mm-hmm. He knew everything about this. And just to sit there and say, I have no comment, was the smart thing to do, because if he opened his mouth... He would have stuck his whole foot in, <laughs> you think, and then probably fell down on his ass and stuck <laughs> his other foot in. Well, I'll I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, he is a uh, he's not known for his his uh, grace and his tact. Uh, you you're probably right. That being said, um, Harmie Dillon, who's an attorney, and she was uh, a candidate for the leader of the Republican Party. Uh, recently. Uh, She's a smart lady. She was on uh, with Tucker last night, and she was talking about the possibility, would you believe, of Bragg uh, asking the court for a gag order on President Trump. A gag order. That means that, well, they don't need any good reason, but if he gets a gag order, it means that he can't campaign properly. He can't talk about this or anything around this in public. It is going to stifle the leading Republican presidential candidate. Listen to how it went. You have seen cases, politicized cases, as with Roger Stone, in which the person charged is gagged by the judge and not allowed to speak about the charges. This is increasingly common in violation of the First Amendment, obviously, but it happens. If this happens to Donald Trump, he will lose his free speech rights as a candidate in a presidential race. And I'm just wondering if you think that could potentially happen. Well, it very much could happen. In fact, we've seen it talked about on television already. And in fact, the the president has been subject to similar, former president subject to similar allegations in other uh, litigation that he's involved in also way beyond the statute of limitations. The story is that because he says uh, mean things about people sometimes on his uh, free speech platforms that he should not be allowed to speak about a fundamental issue of due process that governs the, the future of our country and how we look at justice and how we look at uh, the politicization of this political process. And so that would be a gross miscarriage of justice if it occurs. And I would not be surprised to see this politicized prosecutor make that request of this judge. 
I, I honestly think it's impossible to imagine greater election interference, a greater or more aggressive attack on our democracy than gagging a presidential candidate in a presidential year. I mean, Vladimir Putin has never dreamed of any attack on the United States more damaging than that. Would anyone be able to stop it? Well, uh, certainly the lawyers in this case uh, will argue against that, and it may be the kind of issue that they seek an immediate appeal on if they lose. But at the end of the day, if a court sets those rules, then you know, a litigant has to abide by them or be in contempt of court. And you know, that itself would be a very dangerous course to pursue. And so yes. no matter which way you cut it, this entire case from its inception to its continuation to its now being brought to fruition, uh, what we hear from the New York Times, not from anything that the DA's office has told the defense team, is that there are 30 plus charges. We don't know what they are. Uh, the New York Times knows what they are. And so this is not the way that justice is meant to go in the United States. And what I'm afraid of, Tucker, is that this isn't just going to be about Donald Trump. It's going to undermine all citizens' confidence in the rule of law in this country. And that is really tragic. Yeah, it is. And it has far-reaching and lasting generational consequences um, that I don't think anyone's thought through. Armie Dillon, I appreciate your wise and measured perspective as always. Thank you. Now, talk about, let's talk about a stacked deck, okay? We have a Democratic DA in uh, a Democrat majority city, uh, and the president is going to go in front of uh, a judge who is a Democrat and doesn't like Trump or his MAGA people. I'll tell you why. Uh, if you remember about a year and a half ago, two years ago, one of Trump's executives with the Trump organization was brought in front of a, a judge in New York uh, on a civil thing, and he lost. And that judge was the same guy who is going to see uh, President uh, Trump, I guess, on Tuesday. Everything about this seems corrupt, from the charges to the people who are going to be, you know, uh, representing uh, the state, to the judges, uh, it just seems like they they don't care that you can see it. They don't they don't care that it's obvious to the public anymore. You know, they used to try to hide corruption. They used to, they used to try to. No, uh, they're blatant about it. Yeah. Now they they figure, hey, look at we're doing it, whether you like it or not. So, Democrats don't care about elections anymore. They, they they don't care about your vote, your say, or anything. They're just going to do whatever they got to do to legally, in their minds, take it. One of President Trump's lawyers is uh, Alina Haba, and she's not, I don't think, representing the president on this specific matter, but she is one of the legal members uh, of his his defense team. She was on talking about the Trump indictment, and she had this to say. Listen. Alina Haba is Donald Trump's attorney. Alina joins us tonight. Alina, thank you so much for coming on. I guess the key question here, there's so much to sort out, but what do you believe the former president will be charged with? Well, 
Um, he'll be charged to something he didn't do. We know that for a fact from Michael Cohen himself and his lawyers. But I think it's going to be a books and records uh, kind of charge. And knowing Alvin Bragg, the Soros-backed DA, I assume that he's going to try and stack um, several of these misdemeanors that a normal person would never be indicted for, let alone charged with, and try and make a felony of something that the FEC, you know, basically the FEC has already turned down and the federal uh, prosecutors. But, you know, that's what happens when, when he's leading in the polls. I mean, you wonder how a DA who's decriminalized violent crime effectively, and he has, that's not an overstatement, could decide that a bookkeeping error is a felony. That's right. That's right. And you know what else, Tucker? We've seen this DA in particular. Let's just take Alvin Bragg. Let's take out all the, the political stuff that everybody's already spoken about ad nauseum. This DA in particular is the king of woke, right? He is Mr. I don't believe in putting people in jail and I don't believe in felonies and I turn felonies into misdemeanors. I think he's at, he went from 50 something to percent to 28 percent. But when it's Donald Trump, he's trying to do the reverse. He's trying to create a situation where you take a misdemeanor that he didn't even do his attorney settled an issue that was made up we have stormy that's admitted that right and then create something out of nothing it's a really sad day in our country tucker i mean no matter what your politics are it's a sad day in our country and no matter what your politics that's exactly right if you believe in our system and you want it to continue you have to raise your hand and say stop because this is too great an assault on our system much greater than anything we saw on january 6th that's for certain so that raises the question that i'll pose to you about your client is how is he going to respond to this this is transparently political it's an effort to take him out of the presidential race that's not allowed will he participate in the process is he going to go to new york and be treated like a criminal you know i'm not the criminal attorneys handling this obviously i know my client well though and i know you know him he's not one to cower um as he said in his statement this is proof that we need to change this country immediately i don't see him um hiding from anything i would be shocked if that would be uh the consequence or the result of of, of this i think he would deal with it head on i would hope so and um that's for his legal team to deal with that's handling this criminal issue that, but it, it's just a sad thing for me. You know, they want this this picture so badly that we have these DAs in Georgia. We have corrupt AGs in, in New York. We have corrupt DAs all over the country. And they're just trying to be the first one to get this for political purposes. But I think, Tucker, frankly, I think it's going to backfire. Um, and I think we've seen that in the past couple of weeks. But you could kind of see, and clearly you would counsel him if he asked you to participate in this, but you could see us approaching a kind of postmodern moment where the system becomes so politicized and illegitimate and ridiculous that some people decide I'm not playing along with this. Why would I participate in my own illegitimate humiliation? Can you sort of see that impulse? think so. I think he should deal with it. My advice to him would be that, would be go in, uh, face them and make them look you in the eye and make them look the American people in the eye. And you know what? You wanted drama. That's what you're going to get because they're going to win. There is no crime here and they're going to win. And DA Alvin Bragg will go down as the worst DA in history. And he's going to get his place in American history and it's not going to be a good one. Um, I think, you know, my advice to him,
him, Tucker, would be to go in, face them however which way they want. If they want a production, that's on them. I think they've already done that, frankly. And um, you know how it goes. We'll hear leaks just like we did with that Georgia 4 woman that came out and wanted her moment on MSNBC. We'll see what happens. Does this moment feel dangerous to you? I'm sorry, what was that? Does this moment feel dangerous to you for the country? Oh, terrible, terrible. I'm petrified for this country. I'm, I'm a lawyer, and I believe in the bedrock of this country. I believe in the Constitution. I believe that when I took my oath of office, I was supposed to take the laws of this country and abide by them, no matter what my personal beliefs and politics are. And this is the most extreme, scare, scariest moment from somebody within my profession. And I'm embarrassed, frankly, for my profession at this moment. And I'm scared for our country. That, there's no better way to say it, Tucker. I'm, I'm petrified for our country right now. This is third world stuff we don't we don't put politics ahead of the law um you know we have a democracy we have the right to vote we have the right to have a fair and impartial jury and evidently if you're a republican donald trump or you just don't agree with somebody you don't get that and it's it's not okay so last question and i'll, and I'll say i'm at a disadvantage because this just happened and we're all trying to figure out exactly what's going on but don't you think it would be really helpful for the preservation of our core systems for a prominent democrat who dislikes donald trump personally and didn't vote for him to stand up and defend the principle of equality under the law for the sake of America. Wouldn't that be reassuring for everybody right about now? Yeah. Yes, and I think that person, frankly, Tucker, should be the president of this country. Well, I think that the president has an obligation to be that person. And I want to see what Corrine Jean-Pierre says. I, I really hope for our country's sake, and I'm, I, I'm Donald Trump's attorney, but I'm an American citizen, and uh, my parents are immigrants, and I'll tell you right now that I hope for our country's sake that the president stands up. I hope that the Congress is looking, and I know they asked D.A. Bragg to come in, and he refused. I want this country to get on track, period. I don't care how we do it, but the president, the leader of the free world, needs to do that. And uh, we don't have the right people in that place right now, unfortunately. Okay, I I worry about the uh, the Constitution. I worry about our laws. I worry about all those things. Yes, I do. But right now, I worry about the safety of our was and hopefully future president. I, I worry about the fact that, that they're bringing him into an unstable environment on Tuesday. I know these... Yeah. The Secret Service are going, I guess uh, yesterday they went and did a walkthrough and uh, they decided where he was going to go, uh, what doors he was going to go through. Uh, apparently he's uh, not going to be, what did they say? Handcuffed. Handcuffed. I mean, can you imagine? These these people will do anything to humiliate this man. Um, but I, I, I worry about his safety. And I really think that nobody's talking about that. I'm glad the Secret Service are, uh, are on the job. But, you know, they were on the job. You're talking to somebody who was a teenager in November of 1963. I remember Dallas. I saw him surrounded by President Kennedy, surrounded by Secret Service. And yet we all know what happened there. And I think right. there's this kind of environment uh, in that situation in New York, and I'm not happy with it. I don't know why they couldn't have done it on a Zoom call, you know? Why did he well, have to go? it makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense. Why couldn't they do it on a Zoom call? He could have been there in Florida. He could have been there surrounded by the Secret Service yep. and his attorneys, and everything can be done. You know how many high-level meetings, whether it be political, 
or business that are now done via heck Zoom. They, Bill, they ran our whole country during the pandemic with Zoom. Everybody was doing Zoom calls. Why couldn't they have done this with a Zoom call? I mean, you he could have signed any document. They could have scanned it and sent it to New York, and it would have been accepted. You know, all That's he would. True. It, 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 this is a just to embarrass him. I think it's also to endanger him. I think if all the cards were on the table, mm-hmm. they have probably got somebody somewhere poised to take him out at any given time that sits there and waits for nobody's looking, nobody knows. Let me tell you, if we were a responsible, uh, first-rate country, we would never allow this to happen. We would never allow this to happen. So do you think by by the year 2030 that would allow... Trump to get back in, and then yet a new president after that. Do you think by 2030, because of the way things are shaped up now, that we are going to, poof, lose a president, a sitting president via assassination? I think that's a distinct possibility. I pray to God that I'm wrong, but you can't keep doing dangerous things like this with somebody who is as as his important as he is or any president when you are the leader of the free world you have so many people who are out to get him i i think specifically about the video that was released about six months ago from iran where they did a video threat that they were going to get president trump this is this is president trump now not in office they well, still want to gone. do we have to again be a country of the people, by the people, for the people. Once we are that and we get ourselves righted up and get rid of all this woke, weird stuff, if we want to move a little left or we want to move a little right, but that's what the people want, not what some group of money wants, then so be it. And then we got to let these little stupid countries now that think that they got power know, oh, by the way, we're back. And yeah, we can be the big mean devil that you think that we are. And you take a shot, you're done. I think a lot of this noise is to hide other greater dangers that are poised on the horizon that are aimed at us. And I'll, I came across this audio uh, on mm-hmm. the internet. It's a, it's a gentleman, uh, and I'm not sure who exactly this gentleman is, but he d- essentially is doing a translation of Vladimir Putin's most recent speech to the world. And nobody in our media played it. Nobody in our media talked about it. But the guy took the trans the transcript and he read it. It's about two and a half minutes long. And I want you to hear this. Listen. Okay, so this is Putin, his words. I'm tired today. I'm tired of everything. I want to talk to the countries of the world. What's happening? What kind of Satan's plan do you dream of? You want to deliberately reduce the world's population by sacrificing innocent lives using unstable spirits who believe in your political correctness. 
people brainwashing vicious media systems and shameless lies constantly and intentionally. So he says, I'm aware of your satanic plans to reduce the population of the planet. You are so evil to use the weakest and marginalized. If you think your people will have to get used to being massacred, leave your position. Now, what is that? What is he saying right there? If you think your people will have to get used to being massacred, leave your position. What he's telling us is we need to go out and we need to stand up for ourselves and, and stop the genocide. We need to stop the genocide. Okay. And the genocide is the, 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 the pretext for the genocide is the war in Ukraine. It would stop tomorrow and not be any threat whatsoever if we tomorrow stopped sending a single dime to Zelensky, not a dime to him. Then, then there might be peace. Okay, but not as long as we send money to them. And we know that. We know that we're provoking uh, a nuclear war. Just just think of this. Back when Putin gave his speech saying, we'll nuke you at the U.N., the media immediately went over to the thing of, oh, they're going to nuke Ukraine if they start losing. That's not what Russia said. They said they're going to nuke us if they start losing. But see, the media mm -hmm. misdirects your attention from that and creates a different net narrative that is not threatening to you so that you will not go out into the streets. To continue with this speech, if America and Europe do not end these plans, you will face not only God's judgment, but mine as well. Okay, let me reemphasize this. Because he's saying it to you straight here. If America, not Ukraine, if America and Europe do not end these plans, you will face not only God's judgment, because he thinks it is God's judgment, but mine as well. Stop your plans. Long live God and the fatherland, or death is waiting for you. That, folks, is the final warning that we get from Russia. Wow. And what he said is interesting. He said the threat about nuclear war was aimed at us specifically, but our media turned it around and said that he was threatening to use nukes in the Ukraine. You know, he wasn't saying, I'm going to use nuclear weapons on the Ukraine. He was saying, I'm going to use nuclear weapons on you, meaning us. But our media is complicit in the lie. It didn't report it. I'd love to get that uh, Putin speech so I could run it through, you know, a program here, get the transcript so that we would have the, you know, instead of just him, we would have it ourselves and we could do it ourselves because... That's pretty powerful stuff, and I don't. I didn't hear it ever before. So, I would suggest to our listeners, if you didn't catch all of that, uh, stop. Go it. back and listen. Yeah, rewind it and listen to it because it's really worth it. Uh, yes, this is interesting today because the Ukraine is ahead of us. Uh, the Ukrainian security forces raided the Kiev, Pershek, Lavra, and. Uh, forced the governor, the chief priest, Metropolitan yeah. Pavel, to sign a search warrant before they took him away for questioning. He's being charged with, listen to this, this is the charge. He's being charged with inciting interreligious hatred and justifying the armed aggression of the Russian Federation. What, a, what does that mean, interreligious hatred? Because maybe the maybe this uh, priest is getting up there and saying the war is not good and we should end it. 
Well, I got a question for you. Uh, let's look at uh, Zelensky. He was uh, a TV guy. He was a comedian, as, as a matter of fact, right? right? Yep. Uh, I've known a lot of comedians, and, you know, they might have political leanings, but this guy is getting pretty de- deep into the, I'm um, an atheist, and he's taking on the church side, and with his statements that are going on, that there is somebody else behind him that's feeding those thoughts and, and, and policies and whatnot that he's doing. Who would that be? Is everything that we're seeing now with President Trump, with uh, all of the other things, the train derailments, is it all just part of a planned smokescreen to divert the country's attention away from the true evil and crimes that are happening, many of them in our name in the Ukraine. You know, we are fueling that war. What they said on that tape was if we stopped and didn't give one more dollar to the Ukraine, the war would probably end right away because they couldn't afford it. But we're throwing bucket loads of dollars at uh, Zelensky and his henchmen, and they have no incentive to stop. Just keep it going and keep the money coming. We are not the cops of the world, nor should we be. Should we have the arsenal we have? Yeah, we should, because it's a big planet. There's some evil players out there, and everyone goes, ah, oh, but the United States is so big. Yeah. Well, really, if you sit there, you ever spin a globe when you were a kid? Really, when you stop and slow it down and watch it wind down and look at it, we were not that big on this planet after all. Right. So we do, you know, we have, we're lucky. We have a lot of resources here, natural resources, that we don't have to be dependent on anybody. Mm. We are self-dependent. We are self-reliant. We have technology, and the technology we don't have, we offer so many benefits that the people that want to conceive these things, they want to come here. Yeah, but and you know... You know, uh, uh, we could be so great and so helpful instead of what we are. Interesting thing happened uh, a day or so ago. The president of El Salvador said after the indictment came down on President Mm -hmm. Trump, he said, all right, America, no more looking to you for answers about democracy. No more lectures about democracy from you, America. That's what the uh, president of El El Salvador said. He was saying, right. enough of this. You, you are no longer the bright, shining city on the hill. You are uh, anything but. You're a third world nation, just like some of our neighbors down here in Latin America. Uh, and, and it's a darn shame. You know, Biden has intentionally walked us into this area. He's a, it intentionally stepped all over our Constitution. And someone made a point, Bill, you know, as a people— what do we do? What do we as a people do to, to rescue our country? Or are we just destined to, uh, like being passengers on an airplane that's going down? We have no option. We're stuck. We're heading in. We're nosing in, as they would say. Uh, well, I hate the plane analogy because there's nothing you can do. Right. I think there are things you can do. We're not a plane. We are a fixed land mass. And if things aren't going right, 
you know, then uh, we've got weeds in our garden. Yeah, we need to well, pluck those weeds out. But, you know, we've lost faith. Many of us have lost faith in our election system because uh, no one's done a darn thing to fix them. No one has done a thing to fix them. We have just, no. we've talked about it, we've complained about it, and it continues to be the same system today as it was in 2020 and in 2016. It, and they just look at you like you have three heads when you say the election was fixed because, like I mentioned the other day, uh, the story has become like concrete. The story now is set. It's solid. There was nothing wrong with 2020, and if you believe there was, you're the problem. And uh, that's a darn shame. Um, anyway, uh, other things that have happened. Uh, getting back to the smokescreen thing, Bill. Do you think that uh, you you do you think we have a way out of this, or do you think we're we're stuck? What do you think? Oh, I think there's always a way out. I, I'm. Uh, You're an I'm, optimist. I'm an optimist. I believe that uh, you have to be tenacious. You got to have tenacity to stick it out. You've got to have some, uh, you've got to be a little bit ingenious. I mean, I was going back to the beginning of the show when, you know, they might sit there and put a gag order on Trump. And then the, the, the other side of me, because of, I guess, the broadcast background, I'd be sitting there going, okay, if I can't say anything, can anybody else say sure anything? They can. Everybody around All right, him. So, so let's just say Trump's doing a rally and, you know, he wants to thumb his nose at, oh, I don't know, uh, Alvin Bragg. Yeah. You know, you get someone like a Jeff Dunham that's, uh, but that might be of your your political persuasion. Mm -hmm. And you get an Alvin Bragg dummy that's down there <laughs> in the corner doing the interpretation for dummies. <laughs> and sitting there and telling what the telling the Trump truth. <laughs> I like that. I hope somebody with the Trump uh, campaign is listening. <laughs> you know, or or it could be Joe Biden, a dummy Biden himself, and that would be. Now they would say, and I would love to see the news. We want to put a, a gag order on, on the, the dummy, dummy. please. A gag order on the dummy. <laughs> shut the dummy up. We'll tell your candidate to shut up. You want to shut up the dummy. I like it. It's but a great you know, suggestion. That would be so funny because they would actually have to come out from behind the curtain to okay. stop that. So do you still think we on Friday you said that you see something very major on the horizon. You don't know what it yeah. is. But I have no idea what it is. You know, I still, I still fear this. What's going on in the Ukraine? It's not over. It's not going to be over. We have no freaking agenda there. Sorry, I said freaking, but that's we. We don't have an end game. Yeah. You know, so we don't have an agenda. We just are there for whatever reason. And do you think Putin, we want war? Do you think that we want? I don't mean we as a people. Though, I don't mean you and I. But do you think? Our country and the deep state want us to go to a nuclear war situation. Yeah, because it 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 sat, it 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 crosses off so many check marks for them. Reduce the population. They'll make money off the war machine. I don't think you know. And plus, you got people that are in power, and I'll put Soros up there too. He's ninety-two. Okay, mm -hmm. what does he care anymore about? life 
you know, he's not young. He's not going to fall in love again. Well, if anybody his, can afford um, some kind of extraordinary medical uh, measures to keep him alive way beyond the normal lifespan of a human being, it would be George Soros. I wouldn't what put does it Pelosi care? What does Joe Biden care? And they're sitting there going, so you know what? Hey, you know, uh, we've had these nukes all our life. I always wondered when I was young, but I didn't want to give up my, my family and my all of this stuff. Now, <laughs> I don't care. Let's, let's go you know, ahead and see already, what it does. He's already said he doesn't believe in God, so he doesn't believe in an afterlife. So as far as he's concerned, what does he care? And I'm sure these guys have got massive underground shelters. and uh, There they, are. They're protected everywhere they go. So there are, and you know that was the big that was the big uh, faux pas about the Cold War. I remember as a young little kid, you know, wee yeah. tiny. But you remember when the Cold War was going on, and they had the ducking cover. You practiced. Yeah, that, that would have been good. School. That would have been good. Ducking. Get under your desk. We did this. Get under your desk and yeah. cover your head. You know, all that would have meant was that you, they would have found a pile of ash under some wood. So you, you know. Yeah, the, but you know, you sit there. And yeah, there were people that were building bomb shelters under the. I remember my dad, oh, yeah. you know, getting that, and my, and my mom looking at it, and they're going, "Okay, we can put a pantry of food over there." And I'm sitting there going, "Where's the TV? Where's the bathroom?" And I'm sitting there going, "Well, how long would we camp out down here, Mom? Six dad? months? Six months a year? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we might be down here for 25 years." And I'm looking at this thing that's maybe <laughs> the size of a bathroom, going. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> where's all the poop going to go, Dad? <laughs> you know, where's the no, that, food going to be? That's too logical. <laughs> really, you know, I know. I'm like going, why the hell buy this thing? Yep. But <laughs> hey, hey it's they, a, they were selling them. They had some some people in, oh, in our area. Yeah. Had them. Yeah. Yeah. All, all that was was a makeshift grave, you know. Hey, I'll bury myself alive. And now. then when, when, when all is said and done and the fallout settles and moves away and you come out from under the shelter... What do you come out to? You come out to devastation. You come out yeah. to misery. You come out to uh, pollution and disease. Oh my God! And this well, is what this is what our administration right now is pushing us towards, and they're hiding the whole the whole project behind a smokescreen, by behind diversions like going after President Trump in a way that has never been done before. And it has got the national attention. They did something, I forgot exactly what it was. Um, it was something that came out uh, the same day that uh, the indictment came out, and it was buried, the story was buried by the indictment. And it was done intentionally. It was something about Hunter, I believe. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, they came out with some report, and they didn't want it to get the the attention it could have gotten. So they indicted Trump, and that took all of the air out of the room, do you know? I'll have to look into it and have it for you on Monday or Tuesday. But uh, well, you, They're going after Joe with uh, the documents. I mean, the amount of documents that he has in reality that not everybody knows far surpasses what Trump has and maybe even what... Uh, Obama himself has, and he had it from before he was vice president, when he was a senator, to vice president, and in between those years, 
And he will not let anyone see what's in those documents. So wait a Why? second. Wait a second. So what you're saying is that President Trump, he's being indicted for having one of his people pay $130,000 uh, in a non-disclosure uh, agreement. And right. it wasn't even his money, President Trump's, and he never reimbursed the guy who gave the $130,000. But he's still being indicted, That and, and that's a big deal. On the other hand, we have President Biden, who has for years been selling us down the river to the Red Chinese, uh, has been selling influence to the Ukrainians, and no big deal. Nothing to see here. No indictments. No charges. Could there be any more of an obvious double standard? You know? Oh, no, but the, the, what you just described that Trump is a big deal actually isn't even that complicated or sophisticated. And because of the way it was done, it was not campaign money. So it was paid from a private source, and it did not have to be reported to the FEC. There is nothing, there was no paperwork required. So they've got to not only, and Nancy came out and said, well, you know, everyone has the right under the law to prove their innocence. Nancy, apparently you'd, never learned anything while you were in Washington. You don't have to prove your innocence in yes, this case. Yes, you are. They have to prove your guilt. Uh, what is it? You're innocent until, until proven, proven guilty. guilty. <laughs> I know. Now, one of the things and one of the tricks that lawyers do when they are marching after you and they've got nothing, they take all this hearsay stuff, unfounded uh, stories, none of them are true, but they throw them out there one after another, after another, after another, another, to give the perception in a jury's mind that, oh, all this bad. There's, you know, it's it's like the little kid, you know, and, uh, you know, the what? optimist and the pessimist, mm -hmm. where the optimist kid, there's, a, there's, there's two piles of poop, and the, they both kids get it, and uh, the one kid goes... What am I going to do with all this poop? And the optimist is going, well, you know, with all this poop, there's got to be a pony in there somewhere. <laughs> That's this case. Let me tell you something, though. We have, uh, uh, we have a ways to go yet. We're going to find out Tuesday that uh, what the 34 charges are. I'll be interested in seeing uh, what they're, they're going after him it's specifically. Fraud, and they, this, is, this has already been presented and debunked and you know the one thing that they say is a felony mm -hmm. is a low-class felony and at the worst it could be probation time if that all right but the simple fact is it is beyond the statutes of limit uh, statute of limitations which means it's a moot point. You can't try it again. It can't be brought up. It's over. It's done. Yeah. Why they are doing this. That's I'm, just it, Bill. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's It says to me that it is purely and simply uh, election interference and a smokescreen. It's two things. Right. And by the way, uh, I could go to the prison right now and get somebody released and say, well, you, you murdered three people? Oh, that's just minor stuff. Hey, we'll get you. We'll, we'll get you a mountain of good stuff and charitable things. By the way, you're going to run for president in 2024, and you're and somebody's going. Oh, that can't happen. You can't elect, elect a felon. Oh yeah, you can. 
You yeah. can elect Al Capone. Yeah. You know, it doesn't you know, matter. We're seeing, we're seeing the weakness in our system right now because uh, you're seeing how somebody can manipulate and use the law as a weapon, as, as a weapon for no other purpose than to hurt somebody, uh, not to, not to uh, be a, an arm of justice. You know, Lady, uh, Lady Justice, you know, with the scales, uh, she's got to be crying right now. Um, another thing we should point out before we uh, close this update out, in case you have not heard, John Fetterman... John Fetterman has been released, or he he, he wasn't he wasn't there. Uh, you know they they didn't lock him up. He has left Walter Reed. They say he's much better. He's been there six weeks. He was talking with Jane Pauley. Oh about, yeah, about you gotta uh, feel bad for John. Yeah, I know he was. It was amazing. Oh. Listen, listen. It's like you know you just won the biggest you know race in in the country. And the whole thing about depression is, is that objectively you may have won, but de- depression can absolutely convince you that you actually lost. And that's exactly what happened. And that was the start of a, of a, down, a downward spiral. In the interim between the campaign and being sworn in, at home in November, December, depression started gathering strength. Is that correct? Very much very much. I had stopped leaving my bed. I've stopped eating, uh, dropping uh, weight. I stopped engaging some of the most things that I love in my life. Okay, so uh, my question to you is this. This is a guy who, uh, before he was a victor in that campaign, couldn't complete a sentence. And now we hear this interview with Jane Pauley, and he sounds relatively articulate. He finishes his thoughts. He doesn't hesitate with his answers. Even more so than even before the stroke. That's what I'm saying. That's true. That's true. My yeah. question is, uh, is it the same guy? I'm just, uh, I don't know. Lost a lot of weight. Actually yeah. looks pretty decent. Yeah. Or did they rehab him, do a lot of different things? I mean, they're, they're probably certain things out there they can do that we don't know about. Uh, but I'm sure there are a lot of things they can do that we don't know about, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll never forget uh, a guy was uh, talking about the CIA, and they were talking about disguises. And the guy from the CIA said, uh, yeah, you guys in Hollywood can do some amazing work out here. I've seen some of the stuff you do. Uh, on on film, and it's just magnificent. Of course, it doesn't hold a candle to what we can do with the CIA. Uh, apparently, you can get up to as close as six inches away from somebody when they're wearing a disguise, and you can't tell they're wearing a disguise. So I'm just saying I'm not, I have no proof that anything is uh, nefarious here. But, you know, I mean, this is a guy who, if you remember the debate with uh, Dr. Oz, uh, he was having all kind of problems. You'll you'll never forget uh, when he was asked about how he was doing uh, not too long ago. He answered this way. At first, I just wanted to check in and see how how you're feeling and how you're doing. I'm doing I'm doing fantastic. And and uh, it's not about kicking balls uh, in the authority or anything. Okay. So mm-hmm. that was the guy from like uh, three months ago, 
four months ago, and then you heard him talking with Jane Pauley, and he sounded like he was sipping tea and having a light conversation. Yeah, he was very articulate. Voice, more relaxed, a little bit lower in tone. Yeah. Um, You got to wonder. He did have a lot of time to rest. And that can uh, that can settle you down. I mean, sure, absolutely. I, I get depression. I he may be on he that. may be on new meds, Bill, that make him more relaxed and more uh, very easier well for him could to think. be. Yeah, I I know what anxiety does because I've gone through that. You know, where you sit there and every you time know, you, you do this show. <laughs> uh, well, you know, sometimes <laughs> the stuff that uh, is in the news. Because, oh, I know. That's true. You know, because you're reading stories. We don't talk about everything, but you're reading stories and you're going, you, you we're, connect we're the, the dots and the you crazy, see what might be down the road. We're on the crazy train to Looney Land. <laughs> we really are. I think know? we passed that station. <laughs> anyway. Hey, listen, my friend, we've done it for our weekend update. They're always a little shorter because we like to think that... Uh, it's sort of a break from the normal five-day, one-hour-a-day program. But I'm looking at the clock on the wall, and we've done like 50 minutes, so it's not much of a break. Really? Yeah. You just like to talk. That's Oh, I do. I sit here quietly. Oh, you know, listen to them, folks. Twiddle my thumbs. Yeah, yeah, you you know, yeah twiddle your thumbs. And drink a little coffee. Yes. Oh, my God. I need more coffee. Don't you, don't coffee. you have a... Don't you have a kill switch on that mic? Holy smokes. Anyway, uh, I hope you have the kill switch. (laughs) Hey, have a great Sunday. Have a great remainder of your weekend. And uh, we'll do it again on Monday. I'm sure we'll have something to to talk about, I think, too. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, what was it? I was uh, reading that uh, they have new Biden cereal now. Biden? A Biden cereal. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, well, you know, you got the three main players here, Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Yes. You know, you know. so I'm, I'm just sitting there, you know, and you have Joe at the end going, come on, come on, uh, eat us, you know. Is he, he, yeah. yeah. There it is. <laughs> have a good weekend, folks. Bye. Crackle and Pop. Crackle and Pop. Crackle and Pop.